show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. Uh, got a little thrown off our schedule about uh, – guys, sorry about that. Uh, I am, have a little bit of a different work schedule now, which has been kicking my butt. But uh, we finally found a time to talk, Trey. Uh, actually, the Bulls pretty much took the last week off anyways, right, because they decided to fly to Paris, I guess. Yeah, it was a really weird stretch there where there was just the Bulls weren't on the schedule for for yeah. days on end it seemed like. But th- they got that Paris trip out of the way. I think it was it seemed like a nice bonding trip to Mars back. It seemed like a really nice way to hopefully reset the season and turn things around after what has not been a great first 45 games. I think it was Derek Jones Jr., wasn't it that uh, proposed to his girlfriend over in Paris? I believe I saw that. So uh, if I'm right about that, congrats. I, I assume she accepted. Uh, I don't actually know the uh, specifics behind that, but but no, yeah. Well, I if, saw some... if she didn't, she might have gotten left over there. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, either way, it's you know, either way, you either gain a a lifetime partner or you you know 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 where you sit and you can move on with your life. So it's a win-win either way. So there you go. Uh, but no, I uh, I did see some pictures though from uh, from them in Paris. It did look like a fun time. Hopefully, this is the kind of thing that can you know bring the team together. It was funny. I was mentioning to my. Um, my best friend, from, you know, I've had since uh, college here uh, that, you know, basically these team bonding things like they exist all the way from like, you know, grade school until you're an adult. Like you go do these things together and uh, and it kind of just brings you closer or it can tear you apart. I mean, you know, there's there's a bunch of different experiences, but uh, but it was nice to see those guys over there doing just normal stuff. Right. Being tourists. So that was pretty fun. I know I saw that. Did you see the Vooch? Uh, Ed said he he can speak French, but he wasn't going to act as an interpreter for the rest of the team. <laughs> I did not see that, but I, I don't blame him. That'd be a lot, that'd be a lot of extra work, so yeah. I, I don't blame him. He was like, I'm not all about that. But anyways, let's talk basketball. It, so it's yeah. nice to be in a, a good mood starting these off. With an, yeah. I know uh, the Bulls lost a couple games, but with wins against the Warriors and then against the Pistons, it's nice for us to actually be on the positive upswing coming yeah. into one of these. It does feel like, you know, it's it's more uh, if who would have recorded uh, last Sunday, I think, you know, it would have probably been a little bit more down. But, yeah, it was a very decent win against the Pistons. They took care of business. I really didn't see much, you know, out of the ordinary in that game. The Pistons are just, for lack of a better term, not a very good basketball team. The Bulls had to win that game, should have won that game. Uh, and they did. And, they you know, they did it in the way that they win a lot of basketball games. DeMar DeRozan scored a lot of points. Uh, Vooch was incredible, obviously. Vooch was really incredible to start that game. Uh, very active. I think one of the things that they've been successful with recently, Trey, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, and I know this is like, we can talk a little bit about old heads and, and what people are saying on Twitter, but uh, they're playing a little bit more through Vooch on the offensive end. And I think that that stabilizing their offense in the half court a bit more. Uh, and I've liked what I've seen out of that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure.
I think part of that came. Um, part of that's probably been because Demar has been hurt. He just came. He. I think he yeah. left against Boston, and then just came back against Detroit. But I've loved what I've seen out of Vooch these last few games. Um, I mean, he still put up 16 and 15 against Detroit. But I mean, so looking on Basketball Reference from the Boston to Detroit games, so these last five games, he's putting up 22 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists, and over a steal a game. He He's been playing really well, and I think he, that is really the key to this team because if he's going and he's and everything's running around him, everyone else just gets easier shots. They get into the flow of the game so much easier, and it's almost like I know me and you, we pine for Lonzo Ball to come back to get the ball moving, to get that playmaking role going, but Vooch seemed to do all right keeping the offense flowing these last few games. Yeah, um, I've loved it. I mean, I absolutely think that uh, it's something that I've wanted to see for a long time. So, you know, when I mentioned the old head, so, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think when you say play through Bush, it's, you know, you're asking the team to basically, uh, you know, dump the ball into the post and do go old school basketball and ask Bush to, you know, go and uh, get you a bucket by backing down and then, you know, scoring at the rim, which is it's just simply not how the game works anymore. That's not what I'm asking ever when I say let's play through Vooch or, or let's give Vooch some more touches. You know, I, I think, you know, getting him those touches, uh, you know, in the short roll, getting him touches uh, in the post. And that's and when he has a, a mismatch on him and he's able to turn around, just like flip a shot up over a smaller defender. Uh, those are the you know touches that are really quality touches for the Bulls. And I've seen a lot more of that over the straight last stretch of, you know, five or six games, uh, which makes me, you know, happy and it makes me feel like, um, you know, the Bulls are, are turning the corner here. So, uh, but it was a nice win over the Pistons. Uh, but let's talk about that win over the Warriors, which, uh, probably more impactful, right, Trey? I mean, uh, that's what I was getting ready to bring up yeah. was you, you mentioned it doesn't necessarily have to be Vooch back to the basket in the post, but he had 43 points against the Warriors. And right. a lot of that was because they just don't have the size. Right. to compete with a player that is as big as Vooch and as skilled as he is. Draymond's a great defender, but when you're that when you're that much bigger than he is and that skilled, there's just not much he can do about it. Um, so I thought the Warriors game was really the best example of Vooch just being able to come through for the team and to take advantage, using him when he has the advantage. Because so often, I think every Bulls fan can relate to this. You, you watch Vooch, you see him get an advantage on the offensive end, and our, our team just hasn't taken advantage of it time and time again. And it seems like that's just been a real focus for this team the last five, seven games or so. And let's talk about Zach Levine. I mean, obviously, uh, he had, what, th- 11 threes in a game, I believe that was, and uh, set a record. So, uh, you know, I, that's just incredible, obviously. Um, but no DeMar DeRozan. I mean, Zach has looked – as advertised on the offensive end of the, of, of the basketball hoop. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say he, I'd say he's about as back as he's going to get. He's not, he's not the young pup he used to be. I don't think he's ever, you're not going to get a hundred percent Zach Levine compared to what we've seen before, but I think he's at 85%. He's got that acceleration. He's got that pop off the step, whether, whether it's off the bounce or even on the defensive end, whenever he's fo- whenever he's been focused these last few games, he's really had, you know, this kind of hop in his step. He's really been been bouncy, and that's what you want to see from a guy coming back from a knee injury. 
I mean, I'm seeing it right here, you know, in this Warriors game. He wasn't the lead scorer. Obviously, you talked about Vooch already, but he had 27. But what I'm looking, what's popping out to me here is uh, 12 of 14 from the line. That's a big indicator to me and something that I've been seeing from him over the last, I would say, month, month and a half, is that he's, you know, trusting his body again and, and able to attack the rim in a way that he's not afraid to take contact. And he's actually seeking out that contact in an effort to get to the line. And so that's something that, you know, has been a, a welcome development in, in how he's been scoring the basketball. But also six assists. I mean, the playmaking is there, uh, I think, for Zach Levine. Um, defensively, you know, I still have my, my issues here and there. But I think he's really cleaned it up a lot, you know, ever since. Supposedly, some teammates called him a not-so-nice word in the locker room and had a little bit of an altercation uh, and a little bit of a come-to-Jesus, I guess, with with uh, our all-star here in Zach Levine. And, uh, hey, I'm, I'm glad for it, man. I, I mean, I guess I, I haven't really talked to you about this, Trey, but, like, how do you feel about the whole thing? Because I, I think I'm for it. You know, I think at some point in time when you're underachieving, you know, you got to come out and just say, hey, man, this is what I'm seeing. This is this is the truth. This is what I'm, what I'm perceiving. These guys know way more than we do about the rotations, about being held accountable on the defensive end. But even us being the amateurs, Stacey King on the broadcast numerous times at the start of the year was calling out defensive breakdowns. And while he wasn't calling out Zach by name, he was definitely calling out the plays that Zach was supposed to be making. And once it, it kept piling on, he even did mention Zach by name a few times. So if it's bad enough that the announcers that the that the home announcers are mentioning the player by name for his defensive just lack of attention, mm-hmm. then it, that's got to be frustrating for teammates who, when you're playing at this NBA level, it's okay. We love Jordan. Back when Jordan played, you didn't have to play defense every play. You could, especially when they didn't have the zone. You know, you could go hide on somebody else. You didn't have to play defense all the time. And today's game, if you don't play defense every single play, you're getting burned because every player is talented. And it just seemed like Zach would lose focus sometimes. But ever since DeMar went out and he had to put this team on his back, he's done just that. And I am just, I'm so glad to see it because he had such a rough start to the year. Yeah, there's been a fire lit under him, and uh, I think we've all seen, you know, the best of Zach Levine recently, and I, that, I'm so so happy about that. So, uh, but let's talk. I'm also looking here at this, still looking at this Warriors box. We're six of seven from the field here for this guy, uh, but let's talk Kobe White, man. Kobe White has also been just a, a, a just a wonderful, wonderful offensive spark here uh, for the Bulls off the bench over the last couple of weeks, and uh, seems to be finding his role as that bench scorer and that guy that can just kind of come in and just catch fire any given game. So um, this is kind of the ideal role we saw for him. And, you know, there are games where he's getting 26, 27, 28 minutes. I think a large part of that is because DeMar DeRozan's out and we need the offense. But uh, but that's kind of what the bench is nowadays in the NBA. You have to be ready to step in and fill those starter minutes, right? Yeah, players are missing more games than ever. So you have to be ready to come in and contribute in a variety of ways to fill in for whatever starter is missing on that night. And Kobe's been a great scorer. Like you said, he shot six of seven against the Warriors. But for me, it's been his defensive effort mm-hmm. and just the tenacity on it. And that defensive energy just seems to flow into offensive energy, not just for him, but for the whole, but for the entire team. And I think Kobe's saw an opportunity early in the, like even last year, he competed hard on the defensive end. But I, I feel like this year he's really taken a step up in trying to match that level that Caruso and Io and them bring in. He does get picked on on the defensive end, but 
when you see him get picked on, he's always in the play. He's always contesting the shots. And I've just really loved his energy level. A guy who is on the last year of his rookie deal probably isn't getting extended until the offseason. It would have been really easy for him to sulk and to just kind of think, oh, I'm probably getting traded or and not been a big team player. But instead, it's when the complete opposite way he's bought into his role. He's done everything that's been asked of him. And I'm the, I'm the GM in the Sports Ethos mock trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And while I did trade him because that was one of the objectives I was given, I didn't want to do it because he's played so well. He's so young. And I just – I love having him on this bull squad. I think that is the right call, though, because even if uh, – uh, to trade him, you know, if the Bulls can, I think even at this trade deadline in real life, I think that's that should be the goal here. Because even if – uh, he continues to play well. The Bulls want to bring him back. I, I feel like somebody is going to give him more money than we're going to be able to give him anyway. So if you don't train him by this deadline, I think he's gone uh, and you're not getting anything back for that. So I do think that he's got a name to watch here as his trade deadline looms for us. But <clears throat> but he's been playing very well. And uh, that only helps the Bulls because that increases his trade value. And if he decides to stay with the team or ends up staying with the team, then he's still a very valuable you know player for this bull squad right now the way that it's currently constructed so uh, i do think he's like borderline starter level so i think that's this is perfect because you know he'll have games where he's playing 13 14 15 minutes and there's games where he's playing you know upwards of 30 minutes and um and i think that's just perfect for him because there are some games where he absolutely goes off and there are some games where uh you know it's just he he's not if he's not bringing the offensive side of the basketball the shooting it's just not he's not bringing enough to the table. And, you know, I do agree with you that the effort levels there on the defensive end and the hustle and the professionalism, you can't understate that either. Like you said, kid could have easily quit, you know, as soon as they say, hey, we're not investing in you long term anymore. We're not going to extend you. That is a easy thing mentally to say, well, if they don't believe in me, why should I believe in me? And Kobe's never done that. He's always held his head up high. And so I love the kid. Um, you know, I, I wish all the best for him wherever he ends up. But uh, I do think it's it's a tricky situation when it comes to that contract. So um, well, let's talk about – so, you know, obviously that's a couple of nice wins. So that's kind of an upbeat way to start the, the pod here. But if we would have recorded, you know, a week ago, we wouldn't have been so high, uh, Trey. And, uh, you know, a big part of that, I think maybe the most frustrating loss for many, many Bulls fans – was that 110 to 124 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And even though that score looks somewhat close, 14 points, it wasn't that close through three quarters. The Bulls started mounting a comeback uh, at the end of the third into the fourth, and uh, they never quite got there. But uh, walk me through what you were thinking as you're watching this game, man. Oh, I ended up turning it off. <laughs> I was, you, you were uh, thinking I had better things to do with my life. <laughs> yeah, at, at halftime, I think the Bulls, they were down – I think they were down 10. If they weren't down 10, it was close, and I was – one of my one of my dark horses is I loved Mark D for Coach of the Year candidate. Um, I think what the Thunder are doing is excellent. I, I, I'm not as upset about this loss now looking back on it, even as I was in the moment, just because the Thunder have been playing such great They've basketball lately. They've been playing amazing. Like Jalen Williams against us, he went 10 of 12. He was a plus 23. Like they found this recipe. They found something in Oklahoma City. But just watching it, it was – it's just this frustration because it seems like the Bulls get up to play the contenders. But the league is so talented that if you don't get up to play everyone, teams like the Thunder, teams like – you know, the Pistons, who I'm glad the Bulls were able to beat, teams like the Magic, the Rockets, they will beat you if you don't come to play, which we've seen the Bulls come out and lose to them time and time again. So 
this was just another stark this game and I mean not not so much the Wizards one before it but this game especially was just that stark reminder of the Bulls need to come out um with a purpose yeah and uh and then I think you're right though Trey you know when you look back because now um I do like kind of like that we're doing these shows you know a little bit more long term you know we're doing them weekly or sometimes every other week um and I think I like that because you know I, I, I think I heard, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere on Sirius XM radio, I think, uh, NBA radio, where uh, it was like, I think it was AD uh, or, or Antonio Daniels or somebody talking about uh, in the NBA, a lot of coaches and a lot of teams look at chunks of games and in chunks of 10. You can't really take any one game and just and say, like, this means a whole lot more. As fans and as, as you know, media, uh, we do tend to do that. We like to do that, right? We like to say, this is the narrative. The Bulls always fall asleep on the bad teams, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just something that, you know, it's something in that moment that you feel. But when you look back, I mean, you're looking back on this last, you know, block of 10 games. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you looked at it, Trey, but what what were the Bulls in the last 10 games? Give me a guess. I didn't look at it, but if I had to guess, pretty close to 500. They were 5-5. and So, you know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we need to start seeing the Bulls go 6-4, and 7-3 in these, you know, 10 blocks of 10 games. But they were exactly 500, 5 and 5, which is not bad, not good. Um, it's just kind of staying afloat right now, which is, you know, kind of been the story of this team so far. Because Well, yeah. I, I screwed myself the last time, but yeah. I think they should be able to win to six of their <laughs> next ten. Have you seen the schedule coming up? It gets pretty weak here. It does. Um, now, again, I'm not going to look ahead. I just don't want to do it. I'm, like, getting superstitious about it because, like, once I start saying the Bulls should win, you know, the next five games or whatever, it just it just never happens. I Man, would love to there, see. If, if yeah. there is a world where we have the power to influence the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Well, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but okay, so you, you've, got, you've got the Hawks coming up. You've got the Pacers, who are good this year. So it's not as as much of a gimme as it sounds like. But you got the Hawks, the Pacers, the Hornets, the Magic, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and then the Nets, February 9th. So Kevin Durant might be back, but if he's back, he'll still he'll he will just be coming back. So again, other than the Grizzlies and the Pacers, those are the hardest games in the next 10 games. And that's before before the All Star break, so I don't I don't think Kevin Durant's coming back until after the All Star break, personally. I don't but, think so either. Yeah, but that's just a guess. I mean, you never know. Uh, the the Nets are kind of struggling without him, so they might rush him back. Um, I think Kyrie can probably carry him through though until he comes back. I would think Kyrie's a very very talented player. So as much as I don't like his uh, viewpoints about things, you know, I do like uh, Kyrie as a basketball player. I think he's a very very gifted scorer, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, the Bulls just need to start stringing together wins. I would love to see them go on one of these, you know, like the Nets did. They went on, what, an 11-game win streak, I think it was, or something like that. I mean, I would love for the Bulls to rattle off. It doesn't have to be 11. It could be six, seven, eight-game win streak. And all of a sudden, you're seeing the Bulls shift the rankings, because right now, they're sitting at 10th, Trey, uh, 21 and 24, just under 500, obviously. Uh, 12 and a half games behind first, which is, you know... But how many games? How many games are they behind sixth? Yeah, behind sixth though they're only three and a half games. So that's very doable. If you rattle off a, a win streak of six, seven, eight games, all of a sudden you're probably in that six, seven, eight spot right there, and no one's really. That's where everyone thought the Bulls were going to end up, anyways. So right. it's not really that far away from what we expected. I think the Bulls have gotten really unlucky uh, in a lot of these games. Obviously, that came down to the last shot or the last possession. Um, I, I see a lot of these. You know, it's funny to me. I see a lot of these teams complaining about the last two-minute report, which 
Uh, I think they're just going to do away with it because everyone just gets pissed off about it. What's the point of the thing that's just pissing people off? But anyways, uh, I see these teams complaining about it, but like the Bulls have probably been one of the teams that's had the worst outcomes from the last two minute reports. You know, it's like always something would have changed the outcome of the game that wasn't called or was called. Yeah, there was for me, like take the Wizards game, for example, the Bulls shouldn't have lost to the Wizards. The Bulls are a better team than the Wizards, in my opinion, but they they just they played with their food. They they mm. they didn't come out. They don't come out, and they don't just put thing, teams away. And when you let teams hang around, you're going to lose games because that like that that's what happens when games are close. You you can't depend on the clutch statistics that we lucked into last year with DeRozan coming over. But again, this ten game stretch, DeRozan's back from his injury, so he should be hopefully fairly fresh. And let's just. I, I would like the next time we talk to be just as joyful as we were when we started this one because there is no reason for this team to not be on the upswing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk a little bit, though, here. Let's talk about this guy um, who's kind of uh, – he's basically out of the rotation at this point. I'm trying to look at his minutes the last couple of games. But Andre Drummond, uh, you know, was uh, had a really good start with the Bulls when he first came over and I don't think he's played in the last three games. I believe that's the last three games. He's been entirely out of the rotation as they opt for your favorite look, which is the small ball center look in uh, Derek Jones jr. Uh, but they did play uh, the Pistons and golden state warriors and Oklahoma city thunder. So I'm thinking this is more matchup based than anything else, but what do you think, man? Is he, is he just out of the rotation now, or is this going to be more matchup type thing? No, I think it is matchup related more mm. than anything. I, mm. There is something, small ball lineups, I think, force defenders to be engaged. They force them to be focused on rotations, and it forces them to be in, engaged in what's going on. And you hear my, me complain a lot about it seeming like the Bulls players aren't engaged on that end. So to me, it's part, you know, um, personnel. But also... I think maybe the coaching staff is using it to kind of goad these guys into being proactive, being aggressive on the defensive end, because when you play small, you have to play hard. Mm. That's true. That is true. Uh, Don't disagree there. All right. One last guy I want to hit on here, uh, Trey, that we haven't touched on yet. And it's our favorite topic, probably in the pod, probably the guy that's come up the most, but senior Patrick Williams uh, still love what I'm seeing out of the kid, man. The last uh, few weeks have been very good. Um, not, I don't think for me personally, I don't think he has that star level, uh, you know, I don't think that's his like ceiling. I don't think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's ever going to be like all defensive team. I don't think he's going to be that guy, but I think he's going to be a very solid NBA starter in the, uh, you know, in the league for years. I think that's going to be his career. He's going to be like an Aaron Gordon type, right. Or something like that, where he's not really going to go out there and do those, uh, and, and get those accolades necessarily, but he's going to be in the league and he's going to be on successful teams. So uh, talk to me a little bit about Patrick Williams, what you've seen out of him, you know, specifically in the offensive end. I think he's really blossomed, right? Yeah, he's really comfortable in his role. He's getting comfortable shooting the ball. Uh, His free throw percentage has shot up this year. Surprisingly, he's shooting 88%. He's only taking one a game, but he's at 88% this year compared to 73 last year. But his, his three-point percentage, he's taking three-and-a-half threes a game, and he's shooting 42%, which is a, a great percentage. I love what he does on offense. And on defense, 
it's every like it's almost it's not quite everything we could have hoped for, but it it's ninety five percent. You watch him guard Giannis, you watch him guard Tatum. He he's so strong. These guys can't move him. They watching Giannis bounce off of Patrick Williams is still just one of the more jaw dropping <laughs> things to me. But it still it happens every time they play because Patrick Williams is just that solid. And I, you said he he's not an all defensive type player. I think his ceiling is an all defensive second team type guy mm-hmm. because I do I do think he is very effective on these big wings and those are the guys that continue to thrive in today's NBA. So he might not quite get the the shine for the all defensive first teams as he ages. I just I think he's going to grow into being one of the better big wing defenders. That that 6-7 to 6-10 wing guy. I think Patrick Williams is ideal for guarding those those types. And he, yeah, I mean, you you said it, but he's the kind of guy. He's the 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 prototype, typical kind of guy that you need on your basketball team these days, which is that guy that can guard one through five, uh, that can switch, the guy that that really just glues your defense together. Every single team has one. Um, so like you know, you were talking about the sports ethos trade deadline, and I'm I'm running the Kings. So my thinking was, you know, and I, I love Keegan Murray. I think it might have been a little bit of an overpay on my part after talking to some people. But it is what it is. This is all just an exercise. I traded Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray for Kyle Kuzma, who I think Kyle Kuzma is an underrated defender. But he is a guy that's, you know, 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", in that range that can guard all those guys. He's got the perimeter defense. He's got the you know the strength to guard uh, bigger guys. I don't think he can necessarily guard like a Jokic or something like that. But uh, but he is a guy, I think, that, that glues you together and has a lot of offensive ability as well. And, that's, and Patrick's in that mold. And you mentioned his offense. And so, let, you know, Here's my observations. I love what I see when he uh, is able to take a jump shot with a defender closing out on him, with a defender flying past him. Before, that kind of thing seemed to bug him and threw him off. He would miss nine times out of ten. Now he's actually hitting those shots and taking them with confidence. And that's Did the you notice thing. the one, again, the corner shot in the Paris game? Mm. Dude, I, I'm pretty sure it was Beef Stew. Just closed out as hard as he could. I thought for sure he was going to block Patrick Williams. And not only did he get the shot off, it, it just drained right through. Yeah. There's that that great picture of the Cornet contest where Patrick yeah. Williams made it over him. You're right. He, there is something to be said about a guy who isn't bothered about yeah. a closeout. You have to close out so hard on Patrick Williams to affect his shot that even though he doesn't have a super tight dribble, he's still able to get around guys. And I think I think it is because of that, how effective, like you said, it is because how effective he is shooting over pressure. Yeah, and that, and that's the next step. You're right. As soon as you as soon as he gets that shot off and he's hit a few of them, people are closing out so hard that he's getting out to the hoop and, and getting some like monster jams on people, which is always fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I think he's a a very very nice. I would almost call him a three and D type player because that's really what we're expecting out of him, but he's got, he's the definitely, he is definitely a three and D. I think the reason you hesitated is most people, they think three and D and they think the guy who like a, a bridges, an OG mm. and an OB, the types who are skinnier, they guard, they're like the threes, but they really guard the one through three. And I think mm. Patrick's more a guy who guards the two through five, two mm. through four, two through five range. Yeah, he's, you're right. He's, he's, he's the thick, he's the thick three and D. The thick, the thick three in the, there you go, which is nice. It's a nice thing to have. So I do hope the Bulls, 
Uh, hang on tight to him. Uh, I don't think they're planning on moving him at the deadline. I think he is a guy that's going to figure into their plans well into the future here. Um, but let's talk, you know, we haven't hit on the, uh, the the other two games here yet, so let's just talk briefly about them. Uh, you know, obviously a close loss to the Celtics, and I'm never going to fault the Bulls for losing to the Celtics. It is what it is. They lost by eight points here. Um and the game tomorrow went out. He only played 20 minutes, I think. Yeah, DeMar also left that game, uh, and the Bulls really didn't stand much. They put up fight, though, so it made me proud. There's not much to say about that game, honestly. But let's talk about that Wizards game, because we haven't touched on that yet. That was kind of a big hot, hot topping, uh, talking point for a while with the Zach Levine last-second shot. And I saw some theories out there that he was trying to get, you know, he thought he had a foul go- coming or they had a foul to give. I, I mean, I just... Do you want that? Is that a good possession to you? Let me ask you that. Let me just start there. Where he basically, uh, if you guys don't remember, we were down three. We needed a three at that point. I think there was four seconds left. And he took a dribble inside the three-point line and took a, sh- a jump shot and missed. I mean, it was a bad decision. Okay. <laughs> even 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 if you think they have a foul to give, like, what do you do? Like, what are you right. doing? Take the three, right? Just shoot the three. Like, if you think that right. they fouled you, shoot from right there. I mean, at least you give yourself a chance to tie it. Right. I mean, right. I, yeah. I just, no, I, I didn't like it. Whatever. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It's just, uh, yeah. Annoying. I'm not going to pound the guy. I'm not like, like, you know, at the guy's throat. I mean, he had 38 points in the game and he had his 15 of 28 from the field. Like if you don't have Zach Levine in that game. You probably lose by 15, you know, 20 points. So I'm not going to like sit here and, and just say that that's the reason the Bulls lost because there's lots of plays early in the game where he made good decisions. He made the right decision, but that was a real head scratcher there. And I mean, does that solidify for you that, you know, DeMar is that we're always going to have to have a guy like DeMar to take those final shots. I mean, I would hope this is a learning mm-hmm. moment for him that because I, I only saw I only saw the one little the one little blurb was it so he 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 thought he got fouled mm-hmm. and so he was just kind of dribbling it out mm-hmm. right yeah it, it was so to me that like I'm just everyone it, like they didn't stop playing it just sounded more like an excuse to me it it would have been better if he would have said well I thought I got fouled so I thought if I could make the shot on the continuation yeah. then get the free throw it would tie the game that. If he would have said that and been like, I thought I got fouled and I could get the continuation, then it would have been more, okay, I, I don't like the strategy, but I understand what you were doing. You were expecting, you know, you were expecting the foul and you were trying to, to capitalize on that. Right. But to me, it just seemed like a guy who was aloof, who thought he got fouled. So he, like, your excuse is, well, I thought I got fouled, but I didn't hear the whistle. So I just kind of dribbled around until I realized I was screwed. Yeah, they, it didn't make any sense. I, I didn't I didn't follow what the, the game plan was there. I think it was just a bad play. Uh, you move on. Hopefully you do learn from that. Um, you know, Zach, I mean, he's at this point a seasoned veteran, though. So, you know, the learning needs to happen quick here if, if that's going to happen. So I'm a little worried about him, you know, if uh, if tomorrow ends up going to another team or, or whatever. And it's just the Zach Levine show. And, and that's who we're relying on to, to have our last second you know, shots. I am a little worried about that, to be honest. This is where Billy Donovan needs to see that this happened. And from now on, he tells, like, in the huddle, when they're drawing up the play, you tell Zach, you take the three. 
Yeah. Like, you need a little bit like more this, direct. <laughs> right. This is just, okay, DeMar, he, you know, you might not have to be so direct with DeMar, whereas Zach, maybe he does need that kind of – this is a coaching thing for me now. Now, we, we've seen the error. If this is something that continues to happen, you got to address it with the coaching staff. But to me, it was just, it was an, an, an unfortunate way for the game to end. Um, hats off to Kyle Kuzma making that great shot to, mm. to take the lead. And it, it was a great game between two – you know, pseudo, you know, playoff teams in the East. Yep, I agree. And let's go Bulls. Let's hopefully get some uh, some wins here, guys. Uh, if you aren't following us on Twitter, you should follow us at Eat Those Bulls. Uh, you should definitely go do that. And uh, I think they I'm going to play until Monday. They don't play until wow. Monday. Yeah. Well, they're flying in from Paris. They uh, get that jet lag, jet lag out of their system. So okay. got a little while till we get some Bulls games in us. But, but yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter. Sorry, Keith. Yeah, no, it's okay. Follow us on Twitter there. And if you guys are uh, following the Sports Ethos Mock uh, Trade Deadline exercise, I think I will be on that show actually this weekend. So be on the lookout for that one uh, to explain my uh, my trading away of all the Kings' young assets. But hey, man. Let's go strike while strike while it's hot, man. Let's go. Let's get the uh, let's get some wins here for those Kings. I'm, Dude, I'm the, they're the third seed in the, in the West, right? They are the they're third good. seed. Kuzma loves living in California. Exactly. He wants to be in a I've big watched, market like that. I've watched Dude, a lot I, of Kings. They're good. <laughs> I I didn't hate the trade. No, I don't. I'm I, I'm, I'm with you, Keith. I will stand by it. I know that a lot of Kings fans will be upset because they love Keegan Murray, which I understand. He's a he's an easy guy to love. But anyways, until next time, guys, I am Keith Cork. You can follow me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith and Trey, where can people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And yeah, to go follow the show, guys. Go give us likes, go give us five star reviews. It helps us reach more ears. We will be back uh here next week, hopefully at some point, uh, to break down another week of Bulls basketball. But until then, go Bulls. <laughs>